Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3 Cast. My name is Brian. With me as always are Zach and Vince. And we are here to talk about two comics coming out on October 17th, 2023. Starting with Batman Superman World's Finest number 20. Written by Mark Wade, illustrated by Dan Mora. I, I want to make one comment here about Dan Mora, which is that Dan Mora has is somehow still illustrating this and the Mark Wade Shazam story. <laughs> um, and so he must have remember there was a rumor that this book was really far ahead when it first came out that it had been like planned for six months earlier and then it was delayed for whatever reason. Mora must have worked like a year in advance to get this stuff done. I don't know how he's still doing this unless one was just banked forever. But it's crazy. Yeah, this art is also so great. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I have no idea what the timeline on this was, but yeah, and and I mean, as far as I can tell, there's not any corners being cut. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> some of these these spreads that show you like the DC multiverse and all that stuff are are pretty immaculate. Yeah, uh, and and they certainly wouldn't have to be you know right um, right we have seen lazy multiverse art before yeah 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 this was this was really fun um this was really fun and the art um i, I was thinking about this a lot and i don't know that i have any way to elucidate it like verbally like what i mean but like um when you think of kingdom come it's really hard to dissociate alex ross's art from that right yeah um and so much so i was kind of taken aback that he they didn't get him to do covers for this yeah or something i i i don't know if when was the last time alex ross did something for dc yeah, I think I don't think that they have a, a great relationship, maybe, or at least yeah, not a work, not a working yeah. relationship, not a working part. one. Yeah, yeah. he's, yeah, he's like, been like, doing Marvel stuff for a, a long time. Like he's been doing Marvel stuff, so one wonders whether uh, yeah, there's some kind of exclusivity there that we just don't. You know, the comics companies are are not great about talking about that stuff, except for the you know most. Uh, prominent case well i mean and alex ross is prominent so you'd think they'd talk about it but you know we don't always know is my point right mm-hmm. um but but yeah that i just don't think that they have a you know whatever contacts ross had at dc are maybe not there anymore and they just don't have a i'm sure they could call him up and, and commission a cover from him just fine um but he's also been not that this would deter them but he's also been um given projects at marvel that probably dc isn't necessarily interested in giving him at this point and yeah they let him do that fantastic floor book that wasn't painted which i still yeah, haven't read yeah. i've been i've been wanting to check that out so yeah. obviously uh th- this is the source my source here is wikipedia so it's not the greatest source out there but it looks like he has not done interior work for dc since one since a one shot for JSA, which was yeah, a kind of come thing in uh, 09 and has not done a cover for DC since 2009. It looks like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but uh, and I it, know he was doing covers for Marvel, like as far back as I think like 
I remember he did covers for Amazing Spider-Man, I think after Superior Spider-Man ended. Yeah, it looks like his his real Marvel stuff started. I mean, he did a couple of things. He did Earth Earth X, you know, he did uh, a couple sure, of things here. Yeah. There. It looks like 2009, 2010 is when he started doing a lot of Marvel stuff. Do you remember there was also that weird time where he was doing a bunch of Dynamite stuff? Yeah. Like oh, Green yeah. Hornet and, uh, oh, fuck, did he do like a Voltron thing over there maybe? Yeah, and he did yeah. covers for all that stuff. He did like yeah. shadow covers and yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but my point, my point is, it's it's really tough to divorce Kingdom Come from Alex Ross's art. Um, that said, like, uh, th- there's no aping of style. I mean, the styles couldn't be more different, really. Um, and there's no aping of styles. But uh, Dan Moore is such a great artist that. Um, I think he gets at least the tone that, that it's going for. Um, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't look at any of this and say Alex Ross, but like when you see the planet Krypton scenes, like all of that stuff, um, you know, none of it looks out of place, even though it doesn't look anything like how Ross would draw it. Right. But it looks like, like you look at that and and he gets what Ross was going for visually, Yes. With all the classic references and all the all the tchotchkes on the wall and hanging from the ceiling and shit. It all looks really good as Dan Mora art looks uh, pretty much all the time. And it also gets uh, again, even though the line work isn't at all the same, it gets the world that Alex Ross built, at least that it doesn't it, it doesn't genericize anything you know it's really reverent to that stuff even if stylistically it couldn't be more different i'll take it a step further first of all that's very very well said um oh thanks i'll take a step further zach cover your ears for a second here why (laughs) uh this does a way better job of evoking that world than the kingdom does no you're you're right you're not wrong okay just yeah i I know how you feel about the kingdom i Um, love the kingdom I, i have to say at first i was a little bit not concerned but there's the page where you see well, when Superman and Batman are they have not regained their corporeal form yet on Earth 22. And so they're kind of walking around like ghosts and they see uh, Superman and Batman at the funeral of all these heroes. And that one shot. Batman kind of you can see the the racism, but I don't I don't think that particular Superman looks a lot like how Ross would draw it. And again, not in the line work, just the 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 posture the whole thing that one thing didn't look didn't look very rossy to me and i was like uh oh how is this going to play out and then you turn the page and it's like it's fine it's just that just that one image did not work all that well for me in that context but overall i thought i think you're right vince i think he gets he sort of gets the emotional core of what ross was going for here even though their their styles could not be more different mm-hmm. um and you you mentioned the the scene in the restaurant. I forget the name of the restaurant. Is it Booster Gold's? Uh, it's it's his restaurant, but it's Planet Krypton. Oh, Planet Krypton, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like that scene, it's it's just a really really well constructed scene in terms of how it's laid out. But also there is a there is a nice little bit here. I don't know if you remember this or not, but at the end of Kingdom Come, when they go to the restaurant, uh, Bruce orders a steak. Uh, well done. And here, here, there's a steak medium rare, which I feel like is a really nice little uh, bit by way to just way to distinguish the two, the two Batmen, 
mm-hmm. and how it's it's not a big difference, but it sort of tells you everything you need to know about the two Batman. Sure. And I believe uh, Clark orders, I think, milk in Kingdom Come and here he orders coffee. So a similar, a similar difference there. But I thought that whole scene was really well done, both from a writing and a visual standpoint, but especially visually because there is, you know, in, in every in every page you're just seeing Mora fit in little things, you know, uh, across the across the background that 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 draws your eye, and it's 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 just really really well done. Um, yeah, Zach, I wanted to ask you as the Kingdom boy, <laughs> and probably as the biggest Kingdom Come guy of of the three of us. Also, that's probably true. Yeah, although I, I I very much like Kingdom Come, but I think you're probably a little bit higher on it than I am. Um, how did you feel about the way that this story is intersecting with Kingdom Come thus far? Um, I actually was a little disappointed in that aspect of it, only in so much as it's. It's really not so much a Kingdom Come story yet as it is just a continuation of the Boy Thunder story, which is fine. Like, and I know that eventually we'll get more of that, but, um, you know, outside of the kind of like flashes that we see in that opening sequence with the Flash, um, we really like don't get that much of it other than like, I guess there's the graveyard scene too. But even that is kind of like disorienting and weird and honestly kind of like that was the silliest scene of the whole book i think because you had like the heroes in their costumes but they were like skeletons you know and that was yeah. the night that the skeletons came to life um <laughs> I, I gotta say uh kind of a very macabre sense of humor type thing to have the boob window with the, with the exactly. skeletal chest right. yeah, like... I, to be fair i did i did laugh at that that is that is yeah. a funny touch oh it it's was... a good visual joke for sure it is but yeah for like a scene that's like supposed to at least be like somewhat serious uh or like you know seemingly serious it came off as exceptionally goofy i think <laughs> i thought uh... it was very funny that there's this graveyard of all the superheroes and they're just like their families cannot go to the grave of uh, Carter Hall. Let's go to the grave of Hawkman. Right? Like, <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Yeah. All, all the graves just say their superhero names. Uh, um, which makes that whole sequence seem like it wasn't even like a real. It seemed more like a vision or, you know, like. A, yeah. But and again, it, I, I don't know if that's what it's going for or not. Exactly. Yeah. We have we don't have context for it. And, and so maybe again, like. Is gonna circle back around to my invisibles <laughs> conversation, but like, there's so much we don't have context for. It's like hard to judge it in a any like meaningful way, other than like, oh, I don't know. It was kind of weird. We'll see where it goes. Um, but yeah, like it's we don't really get to see you know our Batman and and Superman interact with any any of the characters from Kingdom Come in any way. Um, and then they meet up with, uh, his name's David, right? That's the character's name. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, Th- Boy Thunder. Boy Thunder. Yeah. And, uh, I did really like that part. I love getting to see him again. And he has this like ridiculous nineties image costume or, you know, like Jim Lee thing with all the pockets. Like yeah. that was fantastic. And then the nice Thunderman. <laughs> Thunderman. Yeah. And then like the super dickery with like having him, you know, roast Clark or whatever, um 
It, yeah, it, that that stuff is good, but it's not it's not a particularly strong like return to kingdom come for like right. it, at least in this first issue that I expected it to be. Yeah. Uh, just real quickly, I ju- I just want to point out from that graveyard scene a couple of great uh, tombstones. Uh, because it's DC Comics in 2023, Peacemaker is one of the first ones we see. <laughs> oh um, my gosh! But again, I mentioned how they're all superhero names, except for Jace Fox is written as just Jace Fox. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there is uh, Zan and Jaina from the Wonder Twins, uh, from uh, the Wonder Twins from uh, Super Friends, as well as Samurai from the Super Friends. Um, a bunch of JSA members all have like uh, a row together there. Um, uh, the Golden Guardian specifically is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just, just an interesting assortment of uh, of, of heroes on this. Joker, Joker's daughter. Joker's daughter. <laughs> yes, of course, Joker's daughter is there. Um, uh, and then it's like a lot of interesting ones, like uh, Lightning, which is uh, Black Lightning's daughter. Alloy. Do we know who Alloy is? The name sounds so familiar, but I can't pull the characters. That's in. um. Top of my isn't head. that like? Hold on. I know it. I just can't. I I can't. Uh, alloy DC Comics. I think I know oh, who that is. That's the combined metal men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Member of Magog's Justice Battalion. I, oh, I yeah. Thought. I'm looking at the picture, the drawing right here, and I totally remember that page. Yeah. Yeah. Which is that they all get dumped in the same grave. <laughs> yeah. Um. This issue, like, also, this kind of unrelated, but just poured even more fuel on the fire of my conspiracy theories about, like, what Earth this, the main characters are from. Yeah, I had the same thought, Zach, yeah. Because, uh, like, this stuff about Barry just, like, traveling through the multiverse this early on in the, like, DC timeline doesn't really square you know like at first i was like reading this and i was like oh this is after um dark crisis or whatever but it's it's not because like clark is still not married to lois and dick is still robin so i'm just like again it doesn't matter at all but i'm just waiting on that shoe to drop yeah we've been talking about it for like two years now right yeah (laughs) Well, I'm, specifically I'm, yeah. since this book started, yeah. So is that? No, I, I guess it was actually the Teen Titans book that like really got us thinking about it because it really, the, I think. But we were talking about we it were talking about it the for, first yeah. arc. Yeah, we were because of the whole Dick as Robin thing. Like, yes, yeah, and I and it's it's not that we're like some geniuses and that nobody else has been talking about this, but I don't see it talked about on like. The big comic. Well, I guess they're too busy uh, releasing like Assassin's Creed strategy guides for games that are like ten years old. <laughs> yeah. Um. On on the big comic sites, but um. I, I'm just surprised that that. The idea that this isn't taking place where and when we think it is, um, isn't getting more intrigue or traction, <laughs> online, or maybe it is, and I just stay away from the hives of scum and villainy where this sort of thing is discussed yeah i was gonna say like i I mean unless it's on the dc reddit i don't know where you would have seen it because i don't (laughs) i feel like i don't that's what i'm talking about basically yeah um just because i i don't really see comic websites including the one i run 
talk about theories like this very often anymore. Yeah. That used to be a thing that was more of a thing back in the day. Yeah. No one reads theory anymore. Exactly. <laughs> well, the only theories that get talked about are like, um, is this all a dream happening in Homer Simpson's head? Right. Yeah. And not 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 anything that's actually interesting or relevant. Um, I like it. I I, I will. I will love it if all of a sudden it's revealed like next year or something that Wade has been writing his own like mini imprint at the DCU and did it stealthily the entire time, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I like, I mean, again, like I have no evidence of this It's just like pure conspiracy nonsense, but like speculation, this arc feels like a pretty big arc for the book um and it's looking like you know with the the length of the previous arcs in the book that it's going to be running up around to issue 25 which is typically like a you know anniversary issue i wonder if maybe this arc is leading to something along those lines like a, a, a you know kind of a pull out of you know a, like maybe the book will pull out in scope and we will see some of that, like uh, some of that kind of stuff become more clear. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm really interested about with this is sort of like one of the things that DC has always done is have these Elseworlds stories, whether they're actually called Elseworlds or not. These stories take place outside of continuity and part of the fun that DC has had over the last, I'd say, really the last 20 years, maybe starting with the kingdom, actually, is bringing those uh, bringing those stories sort of into continuity through multiversal shenanigans. Right. But I, I don't think that Wade. Wade doesn't seem as interested in making it all fit as he was just playing in this world. So my question is, is this going to lead to anything that's going to be outside of just this book or is this book just wade's chance to sort of play around in here or is there a bigger connection happening i tend to think it's just wade playing around well yeah we all kind of wondered if this book was going to be leading to like a big you know mark wade centric version of the dcu and it's other than you know batman the batman versus robin thing spinning off of it it hasn't had any like big effect really so I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 a very strange way to 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 bring about a big event if that's what it is. But mm-hmm. it's almost stranger if it's nothing, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, overall, though, I, I I did like this issue, though I think that when it when I got to the last page, I thought, huh, that's actually more slight than I expected this issue to be. Yeah, lot- it actually ended. Very abruptly, I was kind of surprised. I actually thought maybe I was looking in the wrong place or something. That I was looking at a, uh, you know, a preview instead of that because it just flew by. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm a little bit surprised at how much time was spent getting us to the place that we already know we're going to be. Like again, th- those Barry Allen pages in the beginning were beautiful, really, really well done by Dan Mora, but. Those didn't really tell us anything that we didn't already know about what Barry 
does slash is doing. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple other moments like that throughout this book where you, I feel like, well, this is a nice, this is nice to look at and it reads fine, but it's not really giving us too much new information. And I feel like Wade is a writer who is usually not caught in that trap. Usually mm-hmm. Wade is giving yeah. us lots of information along with, um, you know, making it look and, and go down, look nice and go down smooth. Yeah, that that opening section was very fan servicey. You know, yes, it, yes. And you're right; you don't typically see Wade falling into that kind of trap. And it's not it's not bad. I mean, this issue was still very enjoyable. It just didn't feel as as sort of immaculately constructed. As yeah. his work can sometimes well, I think it's like a very like relevant critique though because we did you know we did talk about how the book kind of ended abruptly and maybe didn't do as much as we hoped in the first issue and the first few pages are kind of just set dressing and then like it, we have to do the the whole thing with the flash and then we have to actually get Clark and Bruce to to Earth 22 and it's not the most economical storytelling Hello, denizens of Earth-1218. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice-monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. All right, well then, let's move over to Jay Garrick, The Flash, number one. Written by Jeremy Adams, illustrated by Diego Orlatugi. I know that's how it's actually pronounced. I'm sorry. Um, So I, I think that this is actually a really interesting book to pair with the Wesley Dodds issue we talked about last week because that Wesley Dodds issue was very much an issue set in the past that I'm sure there's going to be some sort of ripple that we're going to feel in modern times. But this book has a, has a section set in the past, but it's very much a modern day Jay Garrick story. And because of that, I felt this book was able to do a little bit more, um, so to, to make itself stand out and be unique than the Sandman book was last week. Vince, you were kind of quiet during that last section. Why don't you start us off with this? Yeah, I um I uh I really enjoyed this one for the reasons that you're saying. Um that Sandman book, at least in issue one, felt like uh Wesley Dodd's 101 for dummies or whatever. Um this is a surprising continuation of the stuff that uh, Johns was doing with the um, new golden age stuff. Uh, the, the the child minder as the villain. I can't remember the name of that book. What was the name of that book? Uh, the Star Lost Girl, Children. the Lost Children. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So um, I was really surprised at how much it went for it um, in this issue and, and really focused on that. Like that, that is, it's a direct continuation of that. And um, I, I really like the family that is constructed here uh, for, for Jay Garrick. Although, you know, I, I do wonder, like, do we need another speedster? Like who, who at DC decided that uh, 
we need to bring back uh, this lost speedster from the 1930s or 40s or whatever and uh never actually existed you mean (laughs) that never that never actually existed and we need and now we have another speedster uh that won't I, get i, I even looked at that, that family photo and there's a character in there that i was like who who is that the yeah. uh, the boy <laughs> wait wait hang on let, let me pull this up let's let's figure out who this is yeah the bottom the bottom left you're talking about yes with like the yeah. he looks like a shazam character more than a flash right which isn't that um isn't that jay is it Maybe, yeah. I guess. Okay, I guess I, I Irie's in the in back, cost- and yeah, okay. Irie's in the back. Yeah, I've just not seen him in that costume or that I recall. So that, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah so, I think I think that's probably right. But regardless, there's too many characters in that photo already, right? No, there's, so, no, there's never too many photos. I I know, I know, I, but I mean, in between characters, yeah. No, but well, what's funny is that for like 15 years, DC was trying to limit its speedsters, and all of a sudden they pulled the bandaid off, and now there's just a speedster in every pot. Yes. Yeah. But what I will say is I, I really like this character, the boom. Um, I think, you know, first of all, she's got a great visual design, um, which is, I mean, this, this is comics. That's fairly important. It's the costume is a 10 out of 10, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that goes a long way, but I also just, I, I like, I like the dynamic with her and Jay and um, it's nothing earth shattering or groundbreaking, but I, but I just, I, I, I like their relationship in this comic. I like um, her reaction to being brought to a modern world that she was, you know, plucked out of time from. And um, it all just really worked for me. And I thought the, the or Orla Tegui or however you say that um, art, looked really good too. It looked really dynamic, really good flash slash speedster art. Um, would not mind seeing art closer to this on like the regular flash book at some point, you know? Um, And and one note about the art too, while, while we're on that, I feel like sometimes you get an artist doing golden age stuff where it just doesn't work. The style just doesn't mesh with the the old timey design and the and the sort of tone that the older stories take. And then there's people who like when Jerry Ordway used to do issues of uh, the Shazam book he wrote for a while, his issues would look so much like a throwback that you couldn't see modern like all the modern stuff looked out of place. This does a really nice job of the stuff that's supposed to look golden agey does. And the stuff that's supposed to look modern does, and neither one looks out of place. I think mm-hmm. that's really important in the in a book like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also think again going back to the character design, her costume, her her hair, the headband, and everything looks it looks very classic. It looks very throwback, and yet it looks very cool in a modern context as well. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's retro in a way that works in any era. I I just think. That made a big impression on me is just how far, how, how good it all looked. Um, it, it made it, it made it more fun to read than, you know, cause the sort the story's nothing earth shattering. Um, right. I just, I just think it's, it's a really nice economically told story with really good art. Um, 
Well, you know, it, it, it does what these stories are supposed to do in the first issue. It sets up things that maybe will be delved into in the future, whether in this book or elsewhere. Like this, even if you didn't read the Stargirl stuff, you know everything you need to know about Judy Garrick at this point. Mm-hmm. Like it, this, the story is all set up for you there. There is a central mystery. There is there's an antagonist. Like every Jeremy Adams does a really nice job just framing this as a as a story for people who either have been following the Jay Garrick story since John started the New Golden Age thing, or for new readers. And it doesn't feel overly simplistic for new readers or overly complicated. Or vice versa. It doesn't feel overly complicated for new readers or overly simplistic for folks who've been reading along the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Zach, what'd you think of this? I, I liked it a lot. I liked it much better than the um the Wesley Dodds issue. Um mm-hmm. for all the reasons that you mentioned. Um I really liked the art a lot. Um there were times that and i don't know if this is just because like of how strong an association i have in my brain now but there there are times where like the page layouts and even like some of the way that the characters were drawn like if i squinted kind of reminded me of scott collins but it's like much more detailed than that than collins art is you know so uh but collins is also i think like one of the like most defining flash artists of the last 20 years also yeah so that's like a good thing i think um i really like the dynamic um somehow weirdly like giving jay a long lost kid kind of makes him feel like more relevant than he ever has to me uh Mm -hmm. I, i don't really know why i think like jay has always been a character like since i've been in comics that just feels sort of uh, superfluous, I guess. Um, like I know his his role as like a you know founding member of the of the JSA, and that you know he he is like very influential on all of the speedster characters. But he that's really like all he has been for DC for a while now. So like this gives him like an interesting bit of drama and like something to, to do, I guess. Um, so I, I think it's a cool dynamic. Um, and yeah, I like, I like Judy. I like boom. I want to see her get integrated into the, the DCU in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. That is the hardest part of all of this, I think, mm-hmm. because the Jeff John stuff still feels so detached from everything else mm-hmm. that it's sort of hard to uh, imagine how that would happen. Like, what type of stories would be told? Would she join the Teen Titans? Would there be like, you know? I mean, I think she's got to join like whatever the like next incarnation of the JSA is. Like, I'm really hoping that like whenever John's finishes whatever he's doing that we'll get a real JSA book, Mm -hmm. which I don't know if you guys have seen, like that JSA book was originally launched as a 12 issue maxi, but it doesn't say that anymore. Almost none of the solicits have uh, uh, almost all the solicits now initially tell you how long it is. 
uh-huh. and then stop referencing it. It's very weird. Yeah. Do you think it? Do you think it is still just twelve issues? Or do you think I do? That's yes. Not... Okay. Um. So yeah. Hopefully, whatever comes next would be like. Heck, I mean, like, put this creative team on a JSA book, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 absolutely. That'd be awesome. I would love it. I would certainly like that more than I would like uh, Jeff Johns on a JSA book again. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and I even like that book. I fell off of it a little bit. I'm behind, exactly, but, yeah. Um, I mean, as the JSA boy of the podcast, obviously, I want, I, I want JSA stuff uh, everywhere. I want yeah. more and more of it. But my 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 biggest questions about this going forward are just is this going to be something that feels like the start of like basically is the John's JSA stuff this year's version of the New Age of Heroes mm-hmm. where yeah. it, it it's going to be it's this thing that hypothetically should be the new the new flavor, but we'll never actually get off the ground. Uh, and we, we won't know that for a while, but it, I think there's a distinct possibility that's the case. Yeah, well, it's the same question of like about the the Wade stuff too, you know, it's the it's true, yes. They're all just like existing in their own little space. Um, which is not necessarily a bad thing if that space is where you want to be. Right. Uh, um, but we have talked about how like the DCU feels very sequestered or has bit felt that way over the last few years. And it's for, because of books like this or, or lines like this, I should say. All right. Well, I think that's just about it for, for this week. Vincey, what comes out next week? Uh, Action 1058, Alan Scott, the green lantern, number one, Amazon's attack. Number one, Batman, Catwoman, The Gotham War, Red Hood, number two. Uh, Batman Beyond, Neo-Gothic, number four. Batman, The Brave and the Bold, number six. Detective, 1075. The Flash, number two. Green Arrow, five. Harley Quinn, 33. The Penguin, three. Power Girl, two. Steelworks, five. Tales of the Titans, four. Starring Beast Boy. Unstoppable Doom Patrol, number seven. And Wonder Woman, number two. Well, until next time, you can find two-thirds of us on social media. I am at Brian Needs a Nap. And I'm at the woke of Z. I'd say I'm barely on social media at this point. Um, sorry, everybody. I know you're missing my hot takes on quantum leap and shit. Um, yeah, same. Not quantum leap, but yeah, <laughs> uh, whatever shit I talk about. There were a couple other books this week that I was like looking through. I was like, oh, it might have been cool to read or talk about those, but um, I didn't have time to read them. <laughs> we didn't talk about it, but uh, Superman number seven, I think, is the 850th issue of Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has more gleb art. Okay. Yeah, and it's I, got more gleb art, and it, it gets a little wacky. Does it? It's, is uh, yeah. Is it is it Lionel Luther? Do we know who it is yet? Uh no. But, we don't but know, or but, it's not Lionel. I I. Uh, we do, we Lionel. don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Although there's there's I don't want to spoil it, but there's. There's hints made that it's going in that direction. Um, okay. Uh, before I forget, if you need to find Vince, he is going out like Stanchera. Yeah, I, I am. Beautiful man. Yeah. But he went uh, out like a loser. 
Uh, is there anything else, Zach, do you want to talk about from this week? Since we're I on this, so. topic? I can't. Okay. I can't remember if, if there was anything else. That was Superman is the one that definitely stood out. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back next time. We'll talk to you then. Bye. My life, my love, my lady is slash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.